Bunker here and welcome to today's edition of the Transition Guide. Now today joining me in the studio is Tracy Bissett. She's the Chief Executive Officer and Chief Financial Officer of Bissett Financial Fitness Incorporation. Welcome Tracy. Thank you, Peter. I'm really excited to be here with you today. Excited to have you. How is Canada? Oh, we're, we're doing okay. We're still in the midst of a third wave of pandemic. So things are kind of locked down still, but we're looking forward to brighter days ahead. Now, I know like Canada has been pretty similar to the UK, where it's had absolutely generous handouts for businesses. Absolutely. I mean, the, the, the subsidies have been sort of unbelievable, which they've needed to be because when you can't trade, because to a degree you're locked down, you're using that money to survive. However, the danger zone's coming up now, where actually we're going to start opening up the economy. The subsidies are starting to wind back. And I don't know if you sort of can relate to this, but I know that a lot of companies out there are not in a strong financial position. Now, there are companies out there that are in a strong financial position and then done extremely well through the pandemic. Mm-hmm. However, there are people out there that haven't done so well. They've used the cash to live off, so to speak. And to make matters worse, they're not necessarily the most confident when it comes to numbers and probably don't fully understand the financial situation they're in. And this is where you come in, really, isn't it? Absolutely. So I, I totally agree with what you say. I've certainly seen across my pl- client base and across the country, we've got this range of entrepreneurs who are doing really well, who really either pivoted or just doubled down on what was working. And then we've got those who, as you said, have been relying on those, those government supports and they are coming to an end. The, the government has curtailed them. They've got that uh, downward trend already planned out. They've got the end dates in sight. And um, for those who have been on top of their numbers and and following their progress, they've been able to be able to quickly make changes in their business. And then, as you said, those that haven't focused on the numbers. And I'm a financial coach for entrepreneurs across all industries. I generally work with clients between 100,000 to 2 million in sales. And the common denominator that I see is this lack of accountability when it comes to the financial side of the business. And I think that is Tracy. I think it really stems from a lack of knowledge and uh, our school system in Canada does a really poor job even teaching personal finance, let alone business finance. I gather it's the same uh, where you are. I know it's the same in the U.S., but for some reason, unlike other areas of the business, business owners take it as a personal failing that they don't know. And so it brings up lots of embarrassment and shame. And so there's this uh, reluctance to ask questions and actually dig into it. Um, I left my corporate career after 16 years and started a business. I was great at like three things, analyzing companies, uh, creating business plans, analyzing numbers, uh, planning cash flow. I didn't know marketing or operations or making a website, like all this kind of stuff. And I didn't take it as a personal failing. I knew I had to, to learn. But for some reason on the financial side, this is something that people think they're supposed to know. So I want to demystify that for everybody who's listening, um, but let you know that it is your job as owner of the business, whether you're the owner of a company of yourself or you have a team and you're growing, you need to be accountable for the financial results of your business and use them to drive towards your goals. Now, what does accountable mean in your, in your sort of eye? 
So the buck stops with you. You are the one responsible for monitoring, analyzing, examining the performance, making changes from a strategy point of view. But I in no way believe that you need to be the bookkeeper. You don't need to be entering your data. You can outsource that to someone um, that you get a recommendation for that you know and trust and is going to do it reliably. Um, but that doesn't mean when they email you the results or send you the results every month that you file them. You open them, you look at them, you engage in a dialogue with your bookkeeper and ask questions. If you don't like the way things are going, you make changes in your business, um, but you keep asking questions till you get answers that are going to help you. And then you use that information to help fuel what you're doing in, in your day-to-day -day operations. And that's interesting you say that, because I know a lot of the entrepreneurs that, especially in the UK, they're basically people that have been really good at a job probably got peed off with their boss, didn't want to work for them anymore. <laughs> and you know what it's like, either that or they've been redundant and they go work for themselves. But they're great technicians. But very often you show someone financial information, they're just looking at it. It doesn't mean anything to them. They don't understand it. So how do we get them to understand the numbers? Because if they don't understand it to begin with, surely... They can't influence it. They can't ask the questions that need to be asked to get the change needed. So a couple of points on that. So number one, I think you can always ask questions even when you don't understand. So some of the questions I provide to my clients as kind of prompts when you're talking to your bookkeeper or your accountant, when you look at my numbers, what do you see? What do you think we are doing well? What do you think is a concern? If you were in my position, what might you change? Do my numbers look comparable to other companies in my industry that you know about? And so even without knowing anything, you can ask those kinds of open-ended questions. And then when they answer, you can follow up with, could you be more specific? Could you give me an example of what you mean? So number one, there's always an opportunity to ask questions. Number two, I think the onus is on the, the business owner to then educate themselves and increase their financial acumen. And that's what I do. So a lot of my uh, coaching with clients starts with let's look at the financial statements let's look at your results and let's understand what is an income statement so where we see all your sales and your revenue let's talk through every line item so you understand it the balance sheet is a big mystery for many entrepreneurs so let's talk about how does that relate to that income statement what are we looking for what does it represent and let's get the foundation so that as you move forward, you keep building on that foundation. And I like to think about it as a journey we're on for financial fitness. I mean, I've named my company Visit Financial Fitness. We are starting wherever we are, and we can only take forward action every day. We certainly get, are going to have missteps. We can get off the path. But if we keep taking one small step every day, we can improve our knowledge. And we shouldn't be comparing ourselves to somebody else. We can only move forward at our pace. But if we're diligently, honestly making an effort to increase our financial acumen, we're going to be successful. Uh, they're good points. And I do wonder how much of a role accountants play in confusing business owners. <laughs> where actually so they come from it from a technical perspective. And it scares the living daylights out of the entrepreneur even more than they were scared before. For sure. And so I'm not an accountant. Uh, I certainly have uh, lots of education. I've got a Bachelor of Commerce, a Master's in Business, and I'm a Chartered Financial Analyst. And I've been in and around financial statements for decades. Um, the way I like to come at it is to talk, get them talking about what happens in their business 
and then use what they're saying to me to show them where it shows up in the financials. I think that's a really great way to do it. So even if we're thinking about cash flow, so when you enter a transaction with your customer, what happens? When do you do the work? When does the money come to your account? All of those kinds of things. So we can actually just trace it through and then I can show them how it actually materializes. Because if they can start from something they know really well, because they're excellent at serving their clients, no matter if they're providing a product or a service, that's why they got into business. Um, so, so tracing it through from their lens is a little bit easier. And the other thing I like to remind clients is that accountants get paid and their job is to actually do your tax returns and do your financial statements. They didn't necessarily sign up to educate you. That's not their job unless you're paying them to do that as an additional service. So don't confuse their role with what you want it to be, unless you have that conversation and establish an agreement and set expectations. Right, that's a fair point. But again, I suppose like anything, they probably don't know what they want it to be. Yes. They don't know what they don't know. Yeah. So what do you when people are doing things right with their money, what do you see entrepreneurs doing? Well, the biggest thing I, I usually encounter is whenever I'm working with any client, they come to me and they say, I don't know anything about my financials. I don't know anything about numbers. Numbers scare me, whatever they're saying. And I'll say, well, how long have you been in business? And if they tell me anything past kind of three months, four months, I'll say, well, you know how to manage cash flow. They'll say, no, I don't. I'm like, well, if you've been able to exist, you've been able to continue your business. You've got money coming in, money going out. You're able to bridge those timing differences. You need to give yourself a pat on the back because you, you are doing it. Whether you're doing it well, whether you're doing it the way I would do it, whether you even think about it the way that I do is irrelevant. If you're managing to stay afloat and, um, deal with those inflows and those outflows at the different timings you're doing it. And I certainly was at the um, one of Canada's big five banks during the financial crisis, 2008. Businesses go under in as quick as 90 days. They can be doing a lot of work. And if you're doing a lot of work with corporate clients, especially, and they pay you later, you can run out of cash pretty quickly. You may not be able to pay your team. And so it can happen at, in as quick as 90 days. So especially for somebody who's been around for two, three years, five years, 10 years, those are amazing feats and you do know how to do it. Um, and you can probably improve with some, some more knowledge and be armed with that at financial education, but give yourself credit for what you are doing well and start there as you're building your financial foundation. Okay. Given that we're now in the midst of a financial sort of, I would say to a degree, it's going to be sort of a crisis coming out of a pandemic and coming out of the back of a recession. What would be the top tips you would give to entrepreneurs to take advantage of the situation? Number one, if you're doing well, but number two, if you're not so doing well, perhaps how can you best increase your chances of getting out of this intact? Well, I think the people who are doing well, they're really listening to the market and they're listening to their clients. So they're staying close with what do they need and they're providing that. So could be opening up and looking for other products to serve that same client base. It might be looking into other markets so that you can do the same thing for a larger audience. So right. continue to do that for those who are doing well, build some cash reserves, because I think we've seen that unpredictable things can happen. And when you have cash reserves, you have flexibility. Um, I'm, I'm a fan of using debt, um, not an extreme amount of debt, but using debt as a tool within your business. So keep it at a manageable level. If you've had to uh, take on more and it's getting to a higher level, pay that down a little bit, but continue to have access to credit. For those that are struggling, 
do an, an analysis, maybe get someone to help you do that analysis. If you can't figure out what the problem is, I know many of the businesses that I see that are struggling, they were struggling in good times before this even happened. And generally the culprit is pricing. They're not pricing products or services in a profitable way. And they're losing money on everything they sell. They're not getting steady paychecks. So if it wasn't going well before and certainly not going well now, you've got some decisions to make. So if you can't pinpoint the issue, get some help to pinpoint it. And then it, it becomes an honest conversation of what are realistically the things you can do to turn it around. And if you can't turn it around, sometimes the best decision for you and potentially your family is to close down the business. And I know people don't like to talk about that, but if, if we can't change it, if we can't offer a new offering, we can't find a new client base, we don't think we're the ones capable to do it. And we don't think we can bring on anybody to help us. What is the best option? And so being open to all of the opportunities when you're doing that analysis. And then if you find some, get, get into action quickly. Take a small step forward, start doing things. If you think you can serve another market, get into it, try it, see if it works. If it does, put more energy behind it, put more time and resources. Um, but if it's not, shift to your next idea. And so being able to move quickly is important um, and not making these huge investments without testing the, the market or the waters first, I would say. Okay, and so do you think that maybe, given the fact that sometimes if you're inside the goldfish bowl, you don't see things with a degree of clarity, it's probably best to get someone in from the outside to help you look at your business that objectively in terms of the numbers and perhaps to give it to you straight instead of seeing what you want to see? I do. And um, I, I start all my individual coaching engagements with me doing an independent assessment of their financial performance, comparing it to year over year in their business, but also to industry benchmarks and having those honest conversations about what I'm seeing. Um, as we know, with some of the ratio analysis and things that we see, it tells a story of those numbers on that particular day. So it needs to be validated with their lived experience of every day in the business. But if what I'm talking about is the problem and the things you're feeling every day, okay, those are real legitimate things. And then let's get to the underlying issue. Um, it also depends how open the business owner is to change. If you want to keep doing it the same way you've done it and you're not open to changing things around and it's not going well, you're not going to get a different result. And just being aware of your own um, way of working and what you're receptive to and, and knowing that in advance. But I think an outside perspective, it doesn't need to be overly expensive and it can help change your perspective. And then as needed, you can find the appropriate people to support you as you're making changes because you may not be able to do it alone. And that's okay too. If you're entering into a new market, you might need help getting into that market. So find the help that you need. <coughs> well, thank you so much. Now, if people want to know more about what you do and how perhaps you can help them, where do they go? I'd love to hear from everybody on LinkedIn. So Tracy has an E, Visit has two S's, two T's. And would love to leave everybody with a parting gift to help them get started today, because I know sometimes it's hard to sit down and have those money meeting times where you're analyzing and just checking things out. So I've got a money meeting agenda you can download now and get started. You can get that at cashcoach.biz and um, have that first meeting with yourself. I think minimum monthly, you want to look at your numbers, um, but weekly is a really great cadence to get into that routine. So money meeting agenda at cashcoach.biz. Once you're there, you're going to be right on my website. So you'll be able to um, find all my information there as well. Fantastic. And any final parting comments for the audience today? 
So as we've talked about, it's not necessarily a skill you have to understand this financial side of your business. So have patience and kindness with yourself. We're on this financial fitness journey. You're going to make mistakes. Making one mistake is not the end of the world. Regroup, keep taking small forward imperfect actions, and you are going to see tremendous changes, not only in your own financial acumen, but in your business results. We don't change companies necessarily by turning levers fully. We make these minute changes that all when you piece them together, all add up and actually make a, a big difference to the bottom line. So be kind and have patience with yourself. That's great advice, Tracy. Thank you. Now, if anything has resonated with you today, you want a bit more information, head over to borka.com and get in touch. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like, share it with others and subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. And most importantly, remember, failing to learn is learning to fail. So please stay safe. And once again, Tracy, it's been a pleasure having you on today's episode. Thank you very much. Thank you.